0: How good will Desmond Ritter be this season for the Falcons? And is that good enough to be their franchise quarterback? You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So guys, you know me, I'm Aaron Freeman aka Mr. Drew aka Serious Black and the very humble host of this illustrious Locked On Falcons podcast or Daily Atlanta Falcons podcast part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash Locked On Today to get started. And we want to thank each and every one of you that makes this illustrious podcast your first listen each and every day. Shout out to the everydayers, especially this time of year. Uh, where you know statistically these are the least um, listened to episodes over the coming weeks uh, of the podcast but for me and we'll talk about this a little later but like these kind of are the episodes particularly these camp previews that can really kind of define what the next six months of this season or at least our expectations for the next six months and so for you everydayers that are you know In the summer doldrums, nothing's really going on, but you're still checking out each and every day. Of course, I try to do my best. So shout out to you guys. Make sure you follow in their footsteps by subscribing or following for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. So these episodes will start with the offensive training camp previews. We'll go position by position starting today with the quarterback position. And as I just said, like these are kind of the defining episodes for the next, um, you know, several months, right. Upcoming season. You can really look back at these episodes in hindsight and really see like, Oh, like this kind of set up everything. And again, you know, it's unfortunate that not everybody's listening to these episodes this time of year, but again, you everydayers out there are ahead of the curve. This will become even more abundantly clear at the end of the week when we get to the offensive line, where some of the things I said in last year's offensive line can't preview, um, you know, became very apparent and kind of, Change the trajectory of the Lockdown Falcons as a whole, but we'll get to that uh, later. But when we talk about these position previews, it's not just, Hey, like here are the key camp battles. It's like, what are the big stories? What are the big narratives that we'll be following in, in real need to have answers to by the end of this upcoming season or by the end of the summer. And for the quarterback position, those, you know, that question is the same, right? How good a quarterback is Desmond Ritter? We need to find that out starting in training camp and then, of course, have that carry over into the regular season. And what's funny about this is, uh, in May, I wrote an article for the Falcoholic. Called like what everybody gets wrong about Desmond Ritter. And one incarnation of that article that I was gonna write was talking about how Desmond Ritter in his first four starts showed all the components that you wanted to see from a young quarterback, but he just didn't necessarily put it all together. And I think this upcoming season is about putting it all together. And the the angle I was gonna take that article. Was Desmond Ritter needs to be like Voltron, right? Uh, whether you're an '80s kid like I myself, or more recently, and check out the show on, on Netflix. For those of you that don't know what Voltron is, maybe you're a little bit more familiar with a similar concept, which is, you know, the Zords and Power Rangers. But basically, Voltron is a is a cartoon about you know these s- space pilots that fi- fly these mech lions that when they come together, they form, you know, Voltron. The legendary defender you know can basically solve all the problems right and so like desmond ritter that angle was like and of course i wasn't able to write that because i'm a better podcaster than a writer and i'm not that good of a podcaster (laughs) but um you know desmond ritter kind of showed all the the little things that you wanted to see from a young quarterback that makes you feel better but he just didn't necessarily put it all together in one game like you saw that progression over those first four starts last season you saw you know it didn't it took him a couple of games before the offense really became a unit that you could feel like you know, like the Arizona game was like the first time we saw a, a successful drive led by Desmond Ritter, where it wasn't just basically handing the ball off to Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson, as we saw for most of last season, whether it was Ritter, whether it was Mariota, that when the Falcons needed to move the ball, right, they relied on the running game. But we did see a quarterback-led drive against the Arizona Cardinals. We saw Desmond Ritter's off-structure ability. You saw him, you know, improve against the Ravens, you know after a slow start that game, get better in the second half of that game, right? We saw the ability to handle pressure, right? I know a lot of people would be surprised to know that Desmond Ritter was PFF's highest graded quarterback last year under pressure, or at least highest graded passer, I should say. I think Lamar Jackson was the highest graded quarterback because the factors in run stuff. You saw the third down production. We've already talked about you know where what areas he needs to get better against band coverage, needs to be a little bit better in the red zone, those types of things. So w- we also need to see Desmond Ritter get off to faster starts than what we saw in each of the last games uh, last year. So you know it, this season is really about him putting it all together and forming voltron like we got the you know i'll form the head or whatever <laughs> that's a ridiculous analogy this is why i didn't write about it but um you know like um you just need to see all these components come together so that it will become a cohesive passer right and that's going to be the big question and whether he does that is obviously you know going to hang over the head of this football team each and every Sunday. And one of the things that I think they are going to be challenging for myself you know, Jarvis, when we do the postcast, as well as you guys out there, is not trying to make every game be this referendum on Desmond Ritter, that the idea of Desmond Ritter, what he did in the most recent Sunday is what he's going to do forever. And this was something that I noticed among Falcon fans early in Matt Ryan's career, that they would tend to, when particularly after Matt Ryan would play poorly, they would be like, well, he's not going to get any better than this uh, moving forward. And it was like, that wasn't true. And I, again, this goes back to a conversation we had at the end of last year where we, we were comparing Desmond Ritter to Matt Ryan. And I know a lot of people – I got some pushback from people like, how dare you? And I'm like – I think that's – some of that is owed to we mythologize Matt Ryan in his early career because that first pass he threw was a touchdown against a bad team. Again, no one gives uh, uh, Matt Ryan a hard time uh, beating the brakes off an 0-16 Lions team like they do uh, Desmond Ritter, you know shining against you know tampa bay or or arizona or whatever but you know it really wasn't matt ryan's team like the offense wasn't really driven by matt ryan until like to me the first time that really happened was midway through his third season in that primetime game against the ravens uh the infamous roddy push off shout out to roddy um you know doing your thing uh savvy veteran move i say uh you know good no call on the ref part but like And then, like, it really wasn't until, like, the the full transition to it being Matt Ryan's team wasn't until, like, year four, year five for him. And yet, there's going to be this expectation that, like, Desmond Ritter has to be a fully formed version of Matt Ryan or a fully formed version of any quality quarterback, you know, in his fifth NFL start, which will be what will be the case when he starts the season. And I don't think that's fair. And, again, it shouldn't be about this referendum of, like, Hey, this is what Desmond Ritter is going to be in perpetuity. We have to allow for us that, like, yeah, there is going to be ups, there's going to be downs with Desmond Ritter throughout the season, and not to basically, you know, ride that emotional roller coaster and believe that, oh, just because we're in a dip doesn't mean it won't go back up, or just because we're in an up doesn't mean it's not going to dip back down. This is all part of the process of developing a young quarterback. And so that's going to be something that we're all going to have to work hard on being cognizant of. And I'm sure for many of you, you'll have to work so much harder than I will, because of course, you know, I just know all of these things from jump street, but you know, that's going to be something that we're going to have to deal with. And, you know, the question is going to be, will it all come together for Desmond Ritter and this Falcon team this season and in the future, because the, the real thing that's at stake and that's what we're going to talk about next is, is do the Falcons have their franchise quarterback? And is that Desmond Ritter? And we'll break down why I think the, the path for the Falcons, For Desmond Ritter to be uh, the Falcons uh, franchise quarterback is a similar path to what we've seen Jalen Hurts in the Philadelphia Eagles carve out the last couple of years. And we'll get into that as we continue today's Locked on Falcons. But first, guys, I want to tell you that Major League Baseball is in full swing and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win and whether you want to bet on Major League Baseball. Now that the NBA and NBA draft seasons are over, right, you can still bet your props on the upcoming NBA season. Of course, you can do the same for the NFL season. P. John Robinson Offensive Rookie of the Year, Falcons, Super Bowl odds, division, you know, win the NFC South odds, whatever you want. I love the Major League Baseball Parlay Builder. You can select which runner or pitcher you think is going to get the most runs and hits and homers in a single game. You can mix and match players uh, to bet a little to win a lot in a parlay. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and you'll get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League baseball so the question for us now is what is at stake this is why these episodes to me are important because we need to understand what's at stake for the falcons and what's at stake for the falcons i think it's it's fairly obvious is desmond ritter the falcons franchise quarterback meaning and again how you define franchise quarterback the guy for the next three years and that guy for the next 10 years whatever you you define it as the question is is he the guy is he the guy that we're going to attach our uh Hitch our wagon to for the foreseeable future. Again, whether you think the foreseeable future is three years or 10 years, we'll see. And that's an important question, right? Cause it's the most important position in football. And I think Desmond Ritter can get there. I, you know, again, I, I think the expectation when we talk about franchise quarterbacks, we think about like, Oh, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and, and these other so-called elite quarterbacks. Uh, and, you know, I look at the Eagles and I talked. we talked about this in January after you know the eagles went to the super bowl uh and we'll talk about it again I, I think the eagles provide a blueprint because you look at a player like jalen hurts obviously similar to desmond Ritter, a day two selection a player that a lot of people did not have high expectations and after two seasons or a year and a half as a starter still people were like i don't know if jalen hurts is the guy and then he kind of had this breakthrough season this year and you're kind of hoping desmond Ritter can follow a similar path now jalen hurts got better year in year you know for sort of Midling starts his rookie season, then got better in the second season, but still left a lot to be desired, particularly in that Tampa Bay uh, playoff game. And then it all came through to the point that he helped lead the Eagles to a Super Bowl, was a runner up for MVP. And then landed this massive contract this offseason that at least I think currently is still makes him the highest paid quarterback in the league, which will probably be overshadowed by Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow at some point in the next six months. But we'll see about that. But I think what's interesting about the Eagles blueprint um, is that they were able to convince Jalen Hurts to take a team friendly contract. Right. Because when you look at they're they're kind of committed to Jalen Hurts through like the 2025, 2026 season, Um and if you look at Jalen Hurst's cap hits over the next three years, 23, 24 and 25, he's only going to count about 41 and a half million dollars against the Eagles salary cap. That's less than an average of $14 million a year. And that's a, he's the highest paid quarterback in the league and they're only technically over the next three years paying him like 14 million dollars a year so they got a bargain on that deal and you compare that to a deal that kyler murray signed recently uh last year where you look at the, his cap hits over the first three years of his contract extension it's 80 million dollars uh over those three years so you're getting basically jalen hurts for the half the price of of kyler murray you're saving roughly what what 13 million dollars a year at least in in salary cap between those two guys and you know you look at players that have like a 13 around a 13 million dollar cap hit those are guys like Darius Slade those are guys like Jason Kelsey those are guys like here in Atlanta like Chris Lindstrom and so essentially the idea is that Philadelphia was able to develop Jalen Hurts get him to a point where he's arguably a top 10 quarterback right pay him but not pay him so much that it's going to prohibit their ability to continue to sustain, sustain their roster because they're going to be able to Keep guys like AJ Brown and Dallas Goddard, who they've already paid, uh, keep that offensive line together. Uh, you know, once Jason Kelsey retires, still continue to invest in their defensive line, right? And, and even in a future where, you know, Devontae Smith's probably going to come up for a contract not too in the distant future, they'll probably still be able to pay Devontae Smith premium dollars uh, and build that supporting cast so that Philadelphia's, you know, is while they didn't necessarily get over that hump this year, they should get at least theoretically several more bites of the apple over the next you know, three to four years because they're getting a premium quarterback like Jalen Hurts on a relative bargain. And I think this is a blueprint that the Falcons can follow. Uh, Obviously, the first step in that process is Desmond Ritter proving that he's a good quarterback comparable to Jalen Hurts. But I think that is a more attainable path to success for this Falcons team moving forward than expecting Desmond Ritter to be You know, a top five quarterback, or to even think that the Falcons will be in a position at any point in the near future to land that type of quarterback because those guys are obviously exceedingly rare. Um, And you kind of, it takes more luck than I think skill to land one of those guys. And I think that's an easier path and an easier blueprint for the Falcons to follow for sustainable success for the foreseeable future. You know, hope Desmond Ritter. Follows a path like Jalen Hurts gets better year after year to a point that this Falcons team is playing meaningful games, you know, in late January, possibly even February at some point down the road. Again, I don't think that's a 2023 uh, goal, but like, again, 2023, your hope is a kind of a first step to that. That can be kind of like the 2021 Eagles, you hope, but, um, you know, down the road and then, you know if it comes time where we have to make a decision to pay Desmond Ritter or, you know, move on to a different quarterback, you hope that Desmond Ritter has shown enough that He's worth a second contract and that maybe you can get him on a, a similar team friendly deal that will allow you multiple bites at the apple rather than just one bite at the apple where it's like, well, we have to win a Super Bowl in the next three years with Desmond Ritter because after his rookie contract expires, then we have to pay him and then it's all downhill from there. Hopefully we won't go down the Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray path and we can follow the Eagles blueprint. But that is to me the, the hope. The, the goal and I, if, this is a, a to me one of the reasons why I'm probably a little bit more optimistic about Desmond Ritter because I'm not expecting him to need to be Patrick Mahomes or or whatever in order for us to be successful moving forward like I just like hey he could be Jalen Hurts and like that that is a path for success for this Falcon team and I I know some of you guys like well he can't even be Jalen Hurts because you're you're not factoring that Jalen Hurts is you know so gifted as a runner and that brings a different element and it's like yeah sure but that's kind of why the Falcons have Bijan right you know like to whatever uh you know if Hurts is better than Ritter because of that running element well Bijan and Algier will make up that running element so it's kind of you're kind of still getting the same thing you're just not getting it all in one player you know you get what i'm saying so like this is kind of where i think the falcon strategy moving forward i think the eagles are a good blueprint and even if it doesn't work out for the eagles right we don't know if, if this is you know they're going to get those multiple bites at the apple that i just discussed uh in, in the next couple of years but in presumably again presumably sitting here today they are the best team in the NFC, I think, by most accounts, and they should be able to keep their core of their roster together for at least another three or four years uh, before they have to make, you know, decisions about Hertz's future and other players and whatnot. And so they should be able to get more bites of the apple. But even if they don't get, uh, aren't able to get back into Super Bowl contention over the next three or four years, I still think this is a worthwhile blueprint that other teams, maybe like the Falcons, can have greater success, you know, following in the future. So we'll just sort of have to see if, if that is the case, but I think that's the path to Desmond Ritter being the franchise quarterback. It's not, Hey, Desmond Ritter is going to, you know, be that guy that you can expect to outdo, you know, Patrick Mahomes. um, But more just like, Hey, he can be the guy that can be that Jalen hurts type of quarterback. I think he, that is a, a much more attainable goal for the Falcons and Desmond Ritter moving forward. And I think that's a worthwhile goal for the Falcons and Desmond Ritter moving forward. Because again, to me, You know, just like Tom Brady was this sort of outlier for the last 20 years, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be kind of this outlier for the next 15 or so years, and so teams that are like, oh, we we got to be able to you know, like, how how many teams successfully were able to beat, you know Brady over the last 20 years? A few, but it wasn't simply because they had a better quarterback, right? Like, that wasn't the path to that, and so I think that's the blueprint that the Falcons are hopefully going to follow, so we'll see if they can do that uh, moving forward. You know, I, I think so much of the conversation about the quarterback, it revolves around how teams approach it, right? And like you, especially in when we watch meaningful football in January and February, right? So often these games kind of boil down to a pitcher's duel and you've seen the last couple of Super Bowls, Joe Burrow versus Matt Stafford, you know, Hurts versus uh, Mahomes late in games. They, they basically become pitcher's duel where the quarterback kind of has to put the team on his back and, you know, will them down the field to score points when they need it in, in crunch time. And I think people tend to focus on do you have a quarterback that can win that pitcher's duel? And understandably so, because that matters, particularly in January and February. But I think the Falcons, for the better part of recent history, Because of with the Matt Ryan era and and Julio and all that stuff, they were so focused on winning the pitchers duel and building a team that could win the pitchers duel that they kind of forgot that the first three quarters of of most football games, particularly during the regular season um, and also in January, are not pitchers duel, but they're more rugby matches, so to speak, where the physicality of football kind of show themselves and the Falcons were built to win a pitchers duel, but they were not built well to win the rugby match. And now I think the Falcons are gearing up to win the rugby matches. And the question is, will they be able to win pitcher's duels? and time will tell on that uh, with Desmond Ritter and his development. But for me, it's not something I'm going to lose too much sleep over because I'm just like, Hey, we'll cross that bridge when we get to, it. when we get to the fourth quarters and we need a guy that can win the pitcher's duel, right. Come January, you know, we'll see if Desmond Ritter is capable of that. But first of all, we need to get to January. And I think, you know we need to focus on winning the rugby match to maximize our chances of playing those games to getting to a point where now we can start to assess whether or not he's capable of winning the pitcher's duel. I, like, to me, it's like putting the cart before the horse. Like, I, I think people were so focused on we got to win the pitcher's duel, and it's like you, you wind up being the Chargers, where yeah, you got a quarterback that could win the pitcher's duel, but you never get to the pitcher's duel because you always lose a rugby match, right? And that's kind of how the Falcons were for most of the last you know 15 uh, ish years. Uh, and I, I think the it's understandable why this regime is going down a different path. And, you know, I applaud them for going down that different path and say, let's try something different. Let's try something new. And that's why I'm not going to spend too much time worrying about whether Desmond Ritter is the guy that can win the pitchers duel, because like we haven't got to that bridge yet. We'll cross it when we get there. But that where I'll leave the thoughts on Desmond Ritter. We'll wrap up today's episode uh, talking a little bit more about the other quarterbacks on the roster, including, you know, one that we haven't spent that much time talking about with Taylor Heineke. We'll talk about what Logan Woodside is bringing to the table uh, as a scout team quarterback, that and more to wrap up today's episode. But of course, guys, for the everydayers out there that will also be tuning in tomorrow, of course we'll be breaking down the running back group and talking about why it is the foundation of the offense and, and how exactly the Falcons are going to divvy up the carry. So continue to make locked on Falcons your first listen so wrapping up today's episode let's talk about taylor heineke and he's a quarterback that similar to not for the same exact reasons but similar to what it was with marcus mario i kind of told you guys when we first signed marcus Mariota, i was like yeah he's gonna be the starting quarterback but we're probably not gonna spend that much time talking about marcus mario because he's not that interesting because he's just kind of a bridge quarterback and it's funny because we signed taylor heineke to a similar deal but the expectation is not that Taylor Heineke is going to be a bridge quarterback. He's going to be a backup quarterback. And I think Heineke is a good backup in the sense that he is going to be that capable backup that can provide some of that mentor, that leadership ability in, you know, be the extra set of eyes in the QB room for um Desmond Ritter. You know, there may have been better options out there for that type of, you know hybrid QB coach, player coach type of player. I know that's a big reason why uh, a small subset of Falcon fans were hoping that Falcons would bring back Matt Ryan uh, to basically be that type of entity for Desmond Ritter. Um, although that, you know, I, I think Matt Ryan presence would complicate things a little bit beyond that. Uh, you know, if only life could be so simple. But I think Taylor Heineke brings some of that to the table. And by all accounts, we talked with David Harrison blocked on Commanders earlier this offseason. He's a great teammate. He's going to be the, the embodiment of what you're looking for in that type of role. But also I think Taylor Heineke has shown over the last couple of years when he's gotten opportunities to play that he can be a competent starting quarterback in the league. Now, the issue with Taylor Heineke has been that the longer you kind of play Taylor Heineke, like if, if you need Taylor Heineke to come in and start like four games for you, Taylor Heineke's one of the top backups in the league. But what hap- was happened in Washington the last couple of years is they've needed him for more than four games. They needed him for eight games or 10 games or 12 games. And the longer that kind of goes – the, the more flaws and the more limitations in Taylor Heineke's game kind of get exposed over the long term. And so he's a high-level backup, a low-level type of starter. But I think that's perfectly fine for what the Falcons are looking for. Again, they're looking for more of that mentor type. But in the event where Taylor Heineke is forced to play, whether that's due to Desmond Ritter struggling, whether D- Desmond Ritter getting injured, whatever the case may be, you know, Taylor Heineke's the type of guy that can come in and allow this team to tread water, right? That when we're talking about you know, if the, if this team is capable of winning the rugby match, then Taylor Heineke is more than capable. Again, I don't I don't know rugby rugby analogies, but the captain of that team, right? Like, you know, he's not going to go out there and win the pitcher's duels, but he can he can be the guy that can steward those rugby matches and and keep this team that in the event, you know, the goal of this team is to be playing games in January, right? You know what a crazy idea that a football team, you know, people that are paid to win football games are are trying to win games. And I only say that for the handful of you guys that are tankers, uh, that, that believe that, you know, this team's success hinges on them sucking, uh, rather than succeeding. But like, again, I, I always say like, again, you're more entitled to your opinion, but that's counterintuitive to the business of football. And so it's just weird to me that people still don't get that. But like Heineke is the type of guy that, in the event that the Falcons things go awry and the Falcons need the plug and play with a competent starter that can, you know, give you league average production at the quarterback position, uh, as well as, you know, give you good enough quarterback play league average, uh, to, to keep this team in, in, in 500, you know, as a 500 team or better, uh, assuming that the other components of the team Heineken can, can give you that. So, um, yeah, you know, I don't know if we're going to spend, too much time. Hopefully, we don't spend any time talking about Taylor Heineke. If I'm being honest, uh, because usually that probably means something. Something has horribly gone wrong, right? Um, but I, I think you know Taylor Heineke is a good backup uh, for this football team and someone that a lot of folks, uh, myself included, you uh, know, sort of identified as as an ideal get for the Falcons to be that QB two. Uh, ahead of this offseason the Falcons were successful doing so now let's talk about the last quarterback on the roster Logan Woodside don't have too many takes most of the takes I hear about Logan Woodside is just, how dare he wear number 11 Uh you know how dare you you stand where he stood but you know Logan Woodside the expectation as a third quarterback he's going to be probably on the practice squad he'll probably be the guy that runs the scout team you know for the Falcons. That was Desmond Ritter for a large chunk of last year. Uh, and then it was Logan Woodside. Once Mariota went on IR uh, at the end of the season, and I think Logan Woodside has shown whether it was in Tennessee or now in Atlanta, that he's capable of being that sort of scout team, third quarterback, emergency guy, uh, if need be. And when he's gotten opportunities in the preseason has done enough good work to feel like, okay, he could be, he could be turned into a Taylor Heineke type of player with, further development, whether he gets that uh, opportunity here in Atlanta moving forward remains to be seen but you know I think when it comes to the scout team stuff with with Logan Woodside he'll be able to to be functionally capable scout team guy for most of the Falcons opponents I think what's going to be interesting later this season when we get to the end of the season where we face certain more mobile quarterbacks like Justin Fields and Anthony Richardson you know I don't know if Logan Woodson's bringing enough there to effectively mimic uh you know what the team needs to prep for those games. And for those of you that aren't familiar, I realize now maybe I should explain a little bit what scout team is, but the scout team is, is the practice guys that help the rest of the team, you know, prepare for the upcoming opponent. And so they often try to mimic what the uh, opposing team is going to try to do so that the team during the week can practice against it. Right. And so, you know, I don't know if Logan Woodside is going to be quite Justin Fields or Anthony the scout scheme. And again, this is, where you know Felipe Franks, you know time to shine, and so we'll we'll talk about Felipe Franks when we get to the tight end position later this week. But you know, I think I still think there's a role for Felipe Franks, if only to get to help the team simulate Justin Fields and Anthony Richardson when we get to those games in December. But I think overall this quarterback room is solid. We'll see what Desmond Ritter can bring. I think Taylor Heineke is a known commodity. You like having that stability. You know, we had that with Matt Schaub for years. Like uh, you know, again, that's not necessarily a sexy player to a lot of folks eyes but that is one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league top five top 10 type of backup and then logan woodside can be a functional scout team player that can be serviceable in the event that you know multiple injuries happen and he's forced to play i think logan woodside has done just enough that you feel like okay we can function with logan woodside as a starting quarterback obviously that's going to be a week if if we get to that point and, and god forbid we do but if we get to that point, that's going to be a heavy Bijan and Tyler Algier day, but Bijan and Algier will be the crux of the conversation on Tomorrow's episode when we break down that position group, guys. That's all we have for the quarterback position. If you have any feedback that you want to provide on this conversation about the quarterbacks or any of the other positions, of course, you can hit me up on a variety of platforms, including Facebook or Twitter at Locked On Falcons. Hit me up via email at lockedonfalcons at mail dot com. Leave a comment here on the Locked On Falcons YouTube channel, and of course, uh you can hit me up in the Locked On Falcons discord so guys that will do it for us here uh appreciate everybody that continues this time of year to make lockdown falcons your first listen for your second listen you know, check out Locked on Hawks, get the lowdown on, on the latest on what the Hawks got in the draft, as well as what they're gearing up for in uh, free agency as well, because this is going to be a pivotal offseason for the Atlanta Hawks. So check out Brad Rowland, host of Locked on Hawks, on the same podcast platforms that you're checking out, Locked on Falcons. And of course, Locked on NFL is a great second listen as well uh, to get the lowdown on the, what the other 31 teams in the NFL are dealing with during this time of year as well. So, guys, really appreciate you tuning in. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope you have a great week. Till then.